We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's August 25th. It's 2020. And we have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. We're also going to touch on a little bit of basketball. There won't be a basketball morning grind um, today with only two games. So we're going to quickly touch on basketball to get started, and then we'll go into some baseball. But uh, joined by my good buddy, Dean78904, 156632, one. Uh, Dean, how's it going, my friend? What's going on, dude? This is, uh, I'm excited just for another reason that I don't have to like host the show and do introductions and sign in and sign out. It's a whole thing. And I get to kick back and relax and play the analyst role. Or the analyst role. Let's do it. I feel like we need to get a holler on the way out, though. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a Dean show if we didn't get a holler on the way out, though. Oh, that's, that's foreshadowing. It's coming. It's on layaway for sure. All right, let's talk really quick about this two-game basketball slate, and then we'll jump into the 10-game baseball slate. Um, Utah-Denver, quick thoughts on that game. Uh, is there anything, like, jumping off at, on the board on here? Yeah, there's a couple of thoughts here. You know, Murray and Mitchell both put, put up 50 burgers last game, which was pretty amazing. Uh, it's There's definitely some sticker shock to a guy like Mitchell. Uh, his, his asking price is in the high 9Ks on DK, uh, but he's justified it a couple times so far. What I would say – uh, Denver shuffled up their lineup last game, and they took uh, – who did they take out of the rotation? Well, I'm, uh, their best defensive player, they basically kicked off the court. Uh, and I'm losing his name in my head for some reason. I don't know why. Torrey Craig. Yeah, so he wasn't drawing the start, and I think that he would be the guy you would put, put on Mitchell. You can't necessarily stop him, but, you know, subdue him to some degree. And, you know, Denver just went with an offensive front. Now, they did bench Porter. Porter's a really solid offensive player, good young player, but he's uh, still learning from a defensive perspective. And if you look at the box score, they, uh, 
the, the minutes are so condensed. They're basically playing like seven guys on each side. And even that seven's kind of like rounding up the seven guys while they're playing. But um, yeah, so O'Gary Harris is questionable, which he hasn't played in, you know, in the bubble. Uh, Barton, to my understanding, is still out, but Harris is questionable. I, I wouldn't think that he would come back, but you want to keep an eye on that. Uh, I can't imagine that if he plays, they go out there and throw him out there for 30 minutes, but like he was once the starter. Um, so uh, keep an eye on that for sure. And, and there, you know, this is their last shot. Denver's down three to one, which I got, a, I got this one wrong. I thought Denver would beat Utah. We'll see. I guess they go in seven still. Um, Murray still has a really, really appealing price. Mitchell's kind of sort of hard to get there. We live in the world of the salary cap, and Luka Doncic plays in the second game along with uh, Kawhi Leonard. The second game, uh, the Clippers in Denver. Uh, Clippers in Dallas has a 235.5 total, which, you know, 221.5 for, De- for Denver. Utah's a pretty big number as well, too. Of course, the two best centers on the slate, uh, you know, Jokic battling Gobert, both sort of in play. Don't play but... Jokic. <laughs> There, I, I summed say, up. I summed it up for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you're going to prioritize Luca over anybody else in the slate, and I'll say this: yeah, you you want to prioritize Luca if uh, Porzingis doesn't play, who's currently questionable. He was a late scratch last time out, which he was a late scratch 15 minutes after lock. I don't know if you were you were following that over the weekend, but a lot of people. I were saw I saw that. Twitter like go crazy about it, um, but yeah. no, I wasn't following. I didn't know what was going on, but now like that makes sense. Yeah, so I would assume they'll do a better job on reporting there, but you never really know. And you know, there's a what do they say? Integrity fees. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, that that was pretty suspect. And and Porzingis was celebrating like he was into the game. <laughs> he looked like he could move at least somewhat. But uh, I mean, Luca had like the game of his life. Well, I shouldn't say that because he's only 21 years old and he might be getting better. He's probably going to get better, and he's just phenomenal. Uh, put up a triple double while scoring 40 points, went overtime and hit the game game winner walk off. It was just an awesome game. Uh, respect to uh, Burke. Burke really stepped up in the absence of Porzingis. If Porzingis is out, uh, they're going to need scoring from a guy like Burke. Uh, they're going to need scoring from a guy like Curry. One or two of those guys would step up. Of course, if Porzingis plays, yes, you can still play Luca. Plenty. Luca's really, really uh, good no matter what. Uh, I would say Paul George has been. I don't want to say a disaster. It's probably hyperbole, but he's from by head standards, he's been he's been dreadful. Uh, 20 for 69 in the series, 8 for 36 from three. That's bad. Uh, I don't know if it's like a shoulder, if it's a small sample size. I don't really know what's going on. He came out and said it was a great quote. He's like, he's like, I got to say, if I was playing better, I feel like we'd be doing better. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how it works. Um, Kawhi is still awesome, obviously. Harrell, it's just not happening. I don't know what this – maybe eventually he'll round the four, but Montrez Harrell, like we know Montrez Harrell is this great energy guy. Uh, they can go out there. He, he is a bigger motor than everybody else coming off from, you know, kind of a six man along with Lou Williams, but he's been bad. Uh, he left the bubble for, um, I think a personal matter. He came back and, you know, he's not, he's playing like 17 minutes or something like that. He's not, he's not been in the closing rotations. Uh, he's super cheap and I don't really know when it's going to happen. Maybe they're saving him for another round or something, but uh, it's hard to get excited about him right now. But Lou off the bench, always in play. He's a guy who can put a 25 real life points in the bucket, even more. I think he went 35 last game. So, uh, he can get there via the scoring sometimes, just the scoring, and he, he sprinkles in other stuff as well too. But, yeah, I mean, the main thing I would say is, uh, you know, Luca. this is not profound, but you want to get Luca Doncic in your lineup. Of course, it's a two-game slate and goofy things happen, and, you know, for sure in tournaments you can absolutely fade him. You can justify it because if for whatever reason he puts up like a 45, which is possible, uh, especially if Porzingis goes. Uh, and he, he was dealing with an injury. He, he was playing through an injury, so <laughs> – uh, 
as we know right now, it's a, it's a, you know, as of the recording tonight, he is probable. Uh, Patrick Beverly is doubtful for what it's worth. Uh, I would play Shamit over Reggie Jackson, but I probably wouldn't play either. But I have not built the lineup just yet. But then there's a salary restriction. But I'm not enthused about either one of those players. But Shamit's probably a better play than RJX. You know why I don't play NBA right now? Because I would play Boban and Lou and just play the ceiling. Let's go Boban. Um, (laughs) Boban was getting some run last game, actually. And, you know, Dallas was getting wrecked. They they were without Porzingis, and they were down 20 in, like, the early second quarter. And they kind of backed it in and said, okay, we'll come back with Porzingis and try to make this work next game. And props to them. Props to Luka. Burke was awesome off the bench. Uh, You know, Seth Curry, of course, is a guy, you know, hit open threes all day long. Uh, and Bowen, uh, you know, he was he was fine. <laughs> I don't know what his price is. I should probably scroll and see what his price is. I'm kind of curious, but he can oh he can get it done in 15 minutes sometimes. So well, do, he's in the rotation. Do you, know, do you know why the Clippers are losing? Because uh, Paul George is not playing particularly well. Because they're not playing Joakim Noah like that. Like he's <laughs> he's a champion. Like all right, that's enough basketball. Let's talk. I was baseball. gonna go into I was gonna go into a whole side story of a. Uh, Doc Rivers' daughter is married to, to, to Seth Curry. And didn't historically Paul George cheat on Doc Rivers' daughter like before she was with Curry? But I just think it's weird that like, how does Doc Rivers look at this guy and like, that's the, that guy cheated on my daughter, allegedly. <laughs> that's, uh, that, yeah. that's, his, that's his player. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the bench. You're on the bench. No. <laughs> All right. We got 10 Sorry about that. No, you're good. Ten baseball games to break down here. We're going to start with the Cubs and the Tigers. Tyler Chatwood, Spencer Turnbull. Um, Chatwood coming back from the IL. We really don't have an announcement um, recording that before as far as, like, how deep he will go. Um, He did pitch, like, on the 6th, so about 19 days ago, um, dealing with a little bit of a back injury. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything as far as, like, he threw a bullpen or anything like this. Um, so we'll have to kind of pay attention to Chatwood. Uh, what's your thoughts here when it comes to the Chicago Cubs pitcher? Yeah, I know we're supposed to be excited about rostering anybody throwing baseballs against Detroit. Uh, I don't expect he's going to go very long. Uh, and this, we're going to talk about it. This slate is really, really pitcher heavy. There's a big opportunity to cost a pitcher. And I don't think we're getting a discount, right? As far as the price. So right now I'm not excited. Uh, I, mean, I think he's fine, and you know I'm not necessarily looking to load up on Detroit. But if Detroit cheapies are there, I'm more likely to roster Detroit cheap bats if they kind of make everything else work. But yeah, I, I'm not. A, you know, I, I don't fully believe in you know the strikeout rate is what uh, we go back with the last two seasons for. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up, I think it's like 25 percent up. Yeah, 24.9 percent. Nailed it. Uh, I won both. No, I went over. I was gonna say I won both showcase showdowns. Um, yeah, but he walks too many guys. I, I'm not a Chatwood guy. No. Uh, and there's too many good pitchers and the price is too close to the elite guys. So I, I can't do it. I know it's the Tigers, but it's a no for me. Yeah. Like if we get some type of announcement that he's going to throw 85 pitches, um, I think he's in play at 9,100. It's the Tigers. Um, they're just, they're so bad. Alec Mills, like he, he didn't pitch <laughs> great. He struck out seven, not pitching great. Like, that's how bad this Tigers lineup is. So, um, just got to pay attention to see if we get any type of pitch count um, when it comes to him. And then on the other side, Turnbull, you already said it. We have a ton of pitchers on this slate. Turnbull is not a guy that's going to go out and, you know, throw the ball by a bunch of people. So, I'm going to I'm gonna pass on him. Do you have any interest in Turnbull? Uh, 8.7K for Turnbull? No. 
there's no chance. Listen, what, he started the season price. on fire. <laughs> um, let's talk Cubs bats. Uh, what do you think here of the Chicago Cubbies? Yeah, well, we saw Baez come alive last night, which is good to see. You know, he's kind of a streaky player. I know it's a whole conversation about, you know, streaks or streaks real. And I was talking about this with somebody else the other day. It's like, I think streaks are real, but I'm not really sure. We can't tell them when they're, you know, when they stop and start until everything is all said and done. We can kind of point and say. So I don't really know when it's going to stop and start. But, yeah, uh, in the old vacuum in the Hoover, uh, I like I like Baez a good bit. I think he – I presume he's still 3-1 on FanDuel. Is that still the asking price over there? Because it is. That's a pretty good price. Uh, DK specific, I'm pulling it up right now as far as Baez. Uh, 4-6, yeah, sure, fine, I suppose. Rizzo is 5-2. That's market price, if not a little bit more. I can't get excited about it. Uh, Schwerber, uh, he's probably still pretty cheap over in FanDuel as well, too. He was 2-7 last night, so I presume he, his price has not moved. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in uh, the bats much more than Turnbull on the Chicago side. Yeah, the Cubs are going to be massive chalk on um, um, FanDuel. Like, Baez is 2.9K. Uh, Schwerber Oof. is 2.7K. So you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of ownership on the Cubs um, over on FanDuel. Rizzo's three point two. App Hap is the highest priced guy at three point three. So I think like you might even see like four man Chicago Cubs stacks in like cash games on FanDuel. So um, I think they're gonna be a really popular stack on this slate. Um, I like them on both sites. I, I think there's enough ways to be different different at pitcher on this slate. Um, so don't mind playing a chalky stack with an under pitcher. And as far as like the Detroit bats go, I'm going to say this pretty much every day. I don't have interest in these guys. Like there's just nobody that like I want to play um, and that I'm going to play. Yeah. I mean, if only there's like a 2k guy on DK or something like that, that pops up, uh, you know, randomly in the lineup. Chris is Christian Stewart. If he's still like two five or something like that. And I need to make everything else work for sure, but I'm not seeking him out, you know, just the salary cap. Salary cap constraints. Uh, I'll plug somebody in, but I'm not excited about any of the Tigers. Uh, you know, as a general thought. All right, moving on. We got the Yankees and the Braves. Garrett Cole, Ian Anderson. Um, what's your thoughts here on Garrett Cole? Yeah, Garrett Cole is an absolute stud. Um, you know, he is awesome. Uh, now, it's it's not so much what I think of Garrett Cole. It's what I think of Gilito, when I think of Luis Castillo and Shane Bieber, uh, and all of them collectively and kind of sort of against each other. Uh, Garrett Cole is essentially the same price on Fandle as he is uh, – I'm sorry, on DK as he is with Bieber. Bieber Bieber's 10-8. Cole is 10-6. Uh, I, I was looking at this pre-show, and I closed it out for whatever reason by accident, but I believe Bieber is 1,000 more than Cole on Fandle. Can you confirm? Um, let's see. Fandle pricing. Bieber is 12. Cole is 11. Yeah, uh, this Atlanta Braves lineup, you know, we always think of the Atlanta Braves as a team where, you know, we don't necessarily want to pick on, at least this is what we thought of them last year, uh, because they don't strike out a lot. But we, of course, know that that has changed with uh, the shuffling up of their lineup, uh, pulling it up as far as this year. Acuna is supposed to be back tomorrow. Oh, I did not see that note. How about Albies? He's still out, correct? Uh, Albies is still out. Acuna took BP on Sunday and was supposed to be activated for this game. Like, obviously it hasn't happened yet, but like, he's supposed to be back. Um, and like Acuna is getting close too, for what it's worth. Like he was, he was hitting in the cages on Friday and Saturday too. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get a one-off power bat, that's super cheap against Cole. I suppose you can do that because he will, he will get up the occasional homer like Scherzer. Uh, that's something that will happen for sure. But like the K rate is still really good last two years. 38.5%. Uh, if you do the splits, he's actually got a much bigger K rate. Well, much bigger. 41.8% versus lefties. The other set, you know, so uh, 
he's, I prefer him against the opposite side and 35.4% against righties. And I was talking about as far as the Atlanta lineup, like you want Riley in there. Riley's going to be overmatched for sure. Uh, Matt Adams, if he cracks the lineup, he's a big K guy as well too. Um, you know, there's no Mark Hakis most likely. I'm pretty sure he got hurt. I know he opted back in, but I think he's no longer available right now. NCRT is kind of a scrappy player you don't really want to face. But, yeah, I, I like Cole a good bit, um, you know, for sure. He's in the conversation as, as far as my cash game pitchers uh, on DK, on FanDuel as well. I, I don't think I'm rostering anybody against them on Atlanta. If I get beat by it, so be it. If there's a super cheap punt like an Adams, who can take him deep? Uh, maybe, you know, as a one-off, but I'm not stacking anybody in Atlanta. Welcome back, Acuna, but this is not the night for him. Mark Hankins is supposed to be back too. Uh, he never tested oh. positive. He went on the COVID-19 list um, because he thought he was in contact with somebody um, that had it, and um, he never actually tested positive. So he's supposed to be activated um, as well. So we'll see what the lineup looks like. Um, if it's a right-handed heavy lineup, I love Cole. Um, you know, Acuna being back, he's striking out at a 31.5% rate this season. Um you know, Darno strikes out, Ozuna strikes out, Swanson strikes out, even though Swanson's having a great season. Like, you know, you mentioned Riley striking out. Um, you know, Camargo's the guy that strikes out. So, you know, I'm obviously going to look at the lineup because I think it's going to come down to that. It's going to come down to who's umpiring the games. And, you know, when you're looking at Bauer and Cole – or not Bauer, Bieber. Um, like, Bieber's the guy, right, like on the season. But, like, Bieber against Minnesota, Cole matchup. against Atlanta. Like, it, they're both facing – tough matchups and you already mentioned lucas giolito luis castillo like these guys have better matchups on paper so um we do have some options and ways to go and then on the other side we got ian anderson anderson um big prospect for the atlanta braves um going to be making his major league debut we were talking about this pre-show like this is a guy that started 2019 in double a um got called up and you know through five starts um in triple a right before the end of the season gave up a lot of home runs struggle with walks but like overall his stuff is promising, but you know, when I'm seeing triple A numbers that bad, usually it's not going to translate, but Dean, this Yankees lineup, like you were, you were, you were making the argument, like it's, oh, um, I'm not sure if I lost you or not, but uh, your voice kind of went out for a second. Hopefully we're still good to go, but yeah, uh, I believe it was number three overall pick in the draft. He was in the futures game in 2019 and like a lot of young pitchers, you know, that are Uber prospects, he's got great stuff, but, um, you know, he's super wild. And, you know, he's flashed in Ks. He's also flashed a lot of walks. I don't know why he would get pushed too deep. I wouldn't think he would get pushed like the 95 or 100 pitches or beyond. But uh, I would say he's 5.5K on FanDuel, and it makes for an interesting dart. Um, now, there's going to be a mega uh, – we talk about opportunity costs all the time. There's, we've already dropped the names of some of the pitchers going tonight. There's going to be some big scores as far as the pitchers, so – you know, of course, you'll be able to load up with the Dodgers bats or something like that, some expensive bats out there to kind of balance things out for you. But, you know, uh, he, he's got to put up a decent score. Now this Yankees lineup, who who is still healthy on the Yankees that's actually going to play baseball tomorrow? Yeah, we'll see. What, we'll have to see what this lineup looks like. But, you know, obviously they're dealing with a ton of injuries right now. So the FanDuel price makes sense. 8.1K on DraftKings is probably too much for my, my taste over there. Um, yeah. You know, facing Cole definitely hurts his upside to win the game over on FanDuel too, um, which I, I like that. And, like, especially if he's not going to go six and get the quality start, like, he's cheap. Um, but, we like, man, the Cubs are so cheap that it makes it so easy to pay up a pitcher on FanDuel too. So, um, hey, here's a projected lineup by for New York. Uh, 
We got Hicks, Voigt, Hockman, Urshela, Gary Sanchez, Gardner, Frazier, Wade, and Estrada. If you guys missed it, uh, Torres uh, went in the IL as well, joining Stanton, joining Judge, and I'm sure I'm probably missing somebody else. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough um, rough go this season for the Yankees. Um, so we'll have to kind of see how it plays out. But um, do you have any interest in the Yankees bats? Yeah, I mean, Voigt's been going nuts. But what is he at? Ten home runs so far this year. Plenty of pop in that bat, obviously. Um, and Anderson, you know, again, we don't know what you're going to get. This is the the Forrest Gump. You open the box of chocolates, you might get the coconut. That's that's the dud, right? That's the worst. When you, I, I like to like kind of match it up and see like the picture because I don't want it. Who wants the coconut? That's like you know, seven walks in the first inning or something like that. We don't know what we're going to get out of Anderson. He's a stud, not not a finished product just yet. And, again, this is the presumption he's going to start. I don't think it's officially been announced as of this uh, as of this recording, but that's kind of where we're at. But um, also he can go out there and maybe, like, pitch five solid innings and strike out seven or eight. These dudes probably pretty much never seen him before. Uh, advantage pitcher, at least the first time around. Uh, it's interesting for tournaments. I don't know if I'm going to play enough laps to get there. Uh, maybe the Yankee, maybe Yankee stack, like an all or nothing, that kind of thing. What's your thoughts? Yeah, Yankees are kind of where, like, I, I think the stack would be because, like, they opted Tuki Toussaint to the bullpen. So, like, he could be a long reliever if Anderson gets in trouble fast. And, like, Tuki Toussaint is, he's struggling this year, too. And, like, I'm a huge Tuki Toussaint fan. I think he has a ton of talent. But I think, like, Voight, like, home runs in four straight games, uh, five home runs in the last four games. So, um there's definitely ways to stack the Yankees and like outside of Gary Sanchez the the overall stack is not you know super expensive <laughs> because you know they're on they're on the back end of uh this team uh for sure here so don't mind it's the Yankees stack. Either, which is the problem so yeah the problem is it's not good <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> these aren't great hitters uh but there's there's some power there I, I want to see the lineup it's I I hate to just sort of cop out but I got to see what they're rolling out there but uh as of right now Boyd seems like the most appealing option uh, as far as Atlanta goes, I think Freeman as a one-off is about all I have interest in against Cole. Like, Cole does give up a ton of fly balls and hard contact to lefties. And, like, Freeman's one of the be- better hitting left-handed, you know, hitters in baseball. I think Freeman as a one-off would be the only way i go. But, Dean, like, I say all the time, like, it, it's so hard to one-off first basements because you almost always have first basements in your stack. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, Freeman as a one-off is kind of sort of interesting and – now, that's just one way to be different. You know, that's it. Like, if, if you're making, like, a chalky stack out there, uh, you know, like you say, as of right now, looks at the Cubs, especially in Fandle, are, are going to be fairly popular. Ten-game slate, so they can only be so popular, I suppose. But, yeah, that, that's one way to be different because most people just aren't going to do that. And, like you said, Cole, he's got a monster K, a K rate, over 40% versus lefties. But when he's not striking guys out, he'll give up fly balls, he'll give up some homers, and give us more contact. And that's right up Freeman's alley. Uh, moving on here, we got Minnesota at Cleveland. Um, Shane Bieber against Rich Hill. Uh, let's start here with um, Hill. Yeah, let's start here with uh, Rich Hill. Do you have any interest in him? No, 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 uh, no Dick Mountain for me. I'm not interested. Yeah, like if if he was going to be pitching like deeper into the games, I, I think like you can make an argument for him. We don't think he's going to pitch too deep here. He only threw 53 pitches in his last start. Really got beat up by you know one of the worst offenses in baseball um so listen cleveland's been really really rough this year but like if you look at their numbers since the start of last year instead of just looking at this year they're a stack to look at on this slate um with rich hill pitching so bad and then on the other side we got shane beaver 
great, phenomenal pitcher. You know, he's coming into this start with a 43.3% K rate, almost a 19% swinging strike rate. He's just he's on another planet right now as far as pitching goes. Um, but the matchup is tough. Like, you know, he's facing five guys with strikeout rates under 20%. Like, what do we do with Bieber at the top today? Yeah, I mean, Bieber's just been uh, out of this world, like you said, as far as this season. Uh, this season specifically, 40.2 innings so far. His K rate's at 43.3% which is completely silly. If you want to stretch it back to last year, it's 32.1%, which is still really good. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that will be. You don't necessarily need to strike out 40% of dudes to justify that roster spot. Uh, like you said, there is some, there is some power. Uh, there are some boppers that Minnesota lineup. It's, it's somewhat fearful, but, uh, and I would say right, right away, Fandle, like it's really hard to make happen. Like we saw it on Monday night with Bauer, who was 12 K as well. And, you know, he, he's another guy that has a 40% K rate coming into the season. He actually had a lot of strikeouts, on Monday night, he also gave up like multiple homers, which was sort of a problem. Um, it's hard to make lineups work I mean, on Vandal when you have a 12K pitcher. I think you got to have like what two eight per stick, give or take. Uh, you know, you basically can't have Mike Trout. Like, there's just certain players you can't have unless you're just rostering a bunch of dudes that are like two two or two three around him. Uh, on DK, we're looking at what as far as 10.8K. That, that that seems much more uh, attainable for me. By the way, on, on DK, I'm hitting the refresh button here. They have you, Darvish, as the pitcher. <laughs> this I don't, I don't know what just happened. Uh, is you, Darvish, pitching and not Chatwood? Oh, you know what's going on here? Ah, my bad. I clicked the remove non-probables uh, button. Good job, Dean. Yeah, well, you know. I, I was going to say he just pitched, like, what, two days ago? Yeah, yeah. I removed the remove non-probables click because I was looking for Tuki Tucson. I want to see when he last pitched. He pitched a couple days ago, I think, but threw an inning or something like that, but yeah, I'm like, wait, why is you Darvish? Forget everything I just said about the Cubs and you Darvish. Fabulous performance, by the way. You guys should have rostered you Darvish. I'm sure this podcast recommended him. I would imagine so. Use it was on the weekend. Oh so. well, <laughs> trying to give you the victory lap. Um, yeah, so <laughs> let's get back on track. The Beebs, right? We're talking about Bieber. He's 10.8K, which you know on DK, it's much easier to make these pitchers work because the variance of you know uh, roster spots. You have you've got hitters that are 2.55K. Sure, there's 6K hitters as well, too, but 2K on DK is much different than 2K on Fandle as far as making things work, work from a, a salary construction, a roster construct, construction perspective. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about Bieber. I know there's some boppers in that Minnesota side, but I don't care. 10.8K, I'm interested. The only other conversation is that there's a lot of other guys that are good, too, that are a little bit cheaper. Um, but Bieber is 100% in my pool as far as pitchers, and I'm rostering no hitters against them. Yeah, like he uh, he put up 46 DK points against this team earlier this season. Um, the upside is there. I'm not I'm not playing anybody against him either. Um, I like Cleveland here, Dean. Like they're oh man, I've been burned so much by them this season to start the year. But like Luplo is cheap enough, um, to, you know, to make the stack work. Um, but the rest, like they're actually kind of priced up on DraftKings. They're a little bit cheaper. Um, over there on FanDuel. So, like, again, like, probably going to end up playing them more on FanDuel. But uh, overall, like, I think this is a, a really interesting spot to uh, look at Cleveland because Rich Hill has really struggled um, to start the year. Like, he's sitting at a 6 xFIP with a, a strikeout rate under 10% in two starts. Yeah, Rich Hill is a man. He's 40. I mean, so there's a reason why. He's still throwing baseball. It's good for him. Not a lot of velocity on him. If you stretch it back to last year, of course, a big history of injuries, 66 innings just as the sample size. But, yeah, 1.5 homers per nine. 
the K rate's pretty good, 27.4%. But um, yeah, you mentioned Luplo. If you look at the numbers last year, Luplo was one of the top five, top 10 hitters versus lefties. It's, he didn't, you know, he's the tricky part with him, of course, is what happens when a righty comes in because he gets the hook sometimes. And what's more tilting, Stevie, than like, oh man, a Luplo is going to come up with the bases loaded. And oh yeah, and then all of a sudden they bring a righty in and they go to the commercial break. And that's one of those hidden sweats. It's like they're going to the commercial break, like, oh no, are they going to pinch? They're going to, you know, they're bringing your righty. Are they going to pinch it for him? It's that minute and a half where it's like, what's that? Give me Luplo. And like, he might just ground out, but I just want the opportunity. But uh, yeah, he's, he rakes versus lefties. Um, I, I, I'm super interested in, but I'm always, it's where I'm always conflicted on this, especially from a cash game perspective, because my at bats are precious. I want every bat I possibly can get. Um, I don't know yeah, what to do with him. Because Zimmer will probably be on the bench too. So if they do have that opportunity, um, you know, obviously that's that's a that's a concern. Um, in tournaments, I don't hate the play. In cash sure. games, I hear you. Um, anyway, let's 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 move it along. Um, Oakland at Texas. Uh, we got Sean Manaya against Kyle Gibson. Do you have any interest in Sean Manaya here? No, I mean. Well, I probably shouldn't say no right away because it's Texas, right? And this is like the Detroit rule. Uh, you know, if you're facing Texas, you're supposed to be uh, at least somewhat interested in. And, again, I'll, I'll fall back on the opportunity cost of pitcher. He's 7-5 on DK, which is, you know, a fairly reasonable price, I suppose, as far as these Texas, this Texas lineup. Um, they rolled out that rookie there tonight. I presume he's going to draw the start once again, Tavares. But they're, they did bench uh, Joey Gallo tonight. Um, it's interesting. I was, I was actually watching the broadcast and they're, they're wondering why Gallo was benched, but like, he's been really bad of late. And then they were talking about Odor, who I think they said he's like one of 36, one hit in his last 36 at bats versus lefties. And Manaya is another lefty. Uh, not just that, he's a big K rate guy. Uh, Gallo, if he's not hitting homers, he's striking out too. Santana, there's plenty of Ks. You know, Manaya is a decent K guy, 29.4%. So I, I guess I should have some interest. He's got to be in the pool. Uh, I'm not excited about it, and what most excites me is his opponent uh, close that roof and face this terrible Texas team. And okay, I guess we can do it. We can get six innings, six or seven Ks, couple runs, we're fine. And just uh, now we got a few extra dollars for our bats. My biggest issue with him, um, I think he'll get some ownership for sure. Um, like his velocity's been all over the place. Like it was starting to trend in like the right direction, and then like the last start, like. Yeah, he pitched good against Arizona in that start, uh, but the velocity dipped way down. Uh, BABIP was really low for him in that game. Like, XFIP and FIP were way higher than the ERA in that game. So, I don't know, like – and, like, he's not going to throw, like, more than, like, 75 pitches. They do that, not that, let him – Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of so, kind of missed that one. But, yeah, he hasn't thrown more than 78 pitches all season, which, you know, obviously it's subdues your upside. So, like, I – Honestly, I probably have way more interest in like Chris Paddock um, in the same price range, but 100%. I'm not going to write him off. Um, I just overall, I probably won't play him here. Uh, we have so many pitchers on this slate that I like more. And then Kyle Gibson on the other side, like this dude is giving up so much hard contact on the season, so much hard contact. And, you know, we do a show every Monday on Grinders Live with me, you, and Kirk Dees. And like he is, he has got me on this like Oakland crushes pitchers that don't throw hard. Well, Kyle Gibson's a guy that, like, lives in the 91-92 range. I think, like, I'm going to stay away from Gibson here, and, like, I might end up stacking Oakland on this slate. 
Yeah, I'm not into Kyle Gibson. Uh, not a lot of upside there. Um, you know, he's he's just your standard run of the mill, just kind of your average pitcher, right? Uh, I feel like I'm pulling the numbers. You have the numbers up in front of you because I, doesn't he have a history of being reverse splitsy? He is very reverse splitsy. Yeah, he gives up a lot more um, power and stuff to righties. And well, isn't it's Oakland actually like a terrible opponent for him then? If that's true. Yeah, like this is you know because like even like Grossman who would be on the left side and Olsen like they're good lefties so like you know the splits are not too reverse for them but yeah like uh, you know you look at Chapman Kana um, you know some of these guys Simeon like they're they're probably getting a boost here because you know Gibson lower strikeout rate higher walk rate um, against righties so I'm gonna pass on Gibson like I said I kind of like kind of like this Oakland stack I think they're um they're super in play here you know depending on like what type of ownership because they're expensive maybe this is, might be one of those stacks that on a 10 game slate come in super low owned because nobody wants to pay the prices for them and also I think also people are just thinking that this ballpark is and it's a small sample size it looks to be the way but it's a pitcher's ballpark in Texas right presuming the roof is closed I think people are on top of that and that's been the early results, and, you know, a lot of times first impressions matter. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I think people will kind of stay away from that. But for sure, uh, the, I, I have no uh, issue with Oakland as a stack. I pulled it up as far as – this is 2018 and 2019. I threw up this year's numbers. It's got a bigger sample. As far as the ISO, isolated power, uh, Gibson versus lefties 143 versus righties 166. So, yeah, more power to the right-hand side. More Ks to the right-hand side, too. Uh, for what it's worth, 24.8% and uh, just 19.3% versus lefties. And as far as fly balls, good, you know, doesn't give a ton of fly balls, just 25% fly balls to righties. But, uh, yeah, uh, like we said, the, the more power, at least when the ball is getting hit, more power to the righties as opposed to the lefties. But, you know, it, it's not like this great matchup that's jumping off the page, but it, it's certainly in play and something that, uh, you know, if you're running up a ton of lineups, I wouldn't uh, completely ignore it. Um, do you have any interest in the Texas bats? Man, they're they're just terrible. <laughs> like I can't get excited about them. No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, they're they're a terrible ball club. Uh, I, I watched this rookie's first couple of bats tonight. I, I was hoping for him to swipe a bag because that's what he was known for in the minor leagues. I think he had thirty last year. Uh, bat, I presume he's going to bat leadoff, and I presume he's still super cheap. So maybe. But uh, I want to see Manaya as far as how he is holding on runners, which I don't have in front of me as far as the battery. But uh, otherwise, yeah, just as like a salary saver, like nobody's going to play Joey Gallo, but you probably shouldn't. But, you know, if you believe, do you believe in the adage of like uh, this guy just, he, he's going to have a day. When he comes back from having his day off, all of a sudden his brain is uh, cleared and whatever, like whatever sort of terrible things are going on. It's now it's a fresh day. Is that a thing? Is that a narrative? Ah, I don't know. Shaman is just so like he's so good against lefties. I I, I probably can't like, uh, yeah, like even in his struggles, like he's been good against lefties. So I'll probably pass on Gallo. Gallo makes contact; it goes over the wall, like or it's a double. So like you you always can play Joey Gallo, but yeah, you're just you're asking. He's forty eight hundred. You're just asking so much, um, lefty lefty one off type of play there. So I'll probably pass. Is there any righty power you like in the Texas side? No, like Frazier, but like I don't trust Todd Frazier. Um, <laughs> trying to steal a bag tonight, old man Todd Frazier. <laughs> he does that every once in a while. Um, but yeah, he's like, caught. Spoiler alert. He's thirty six hundred. Um, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't love it. Um, the young kid, if he bats leadoff again, is only three K. I don't hate it. Um, he, he was two yeah. K in Fanduel last night. So again, if you need a salary saver, he's leading off. He's two K. I suppose you can do worse. Assuming he's two K again. Reds and Brewers, Luis Castillo, Brandon Woodruff, uh, one of the lowest totals that we have on the slate. Um, Castillo, like, this is a pick'em game. Um, we saw Bauer struggle a little bit um, against Milwaukee. You know, just, like, I'm going right back to well, Dean. I don't care. Like, this offense has shown me nothing this year. I know Bauer struggled a little bit, but right back to the well for me on a pitcher against Milwaukee with this type of caliber of upside. Yeah, but my issue is that we've not seen a ceiling game this year from Luis Castillo. Like, it just hasn't happened. Against Detroit, opening day, or more or less opening day. Yeah, his first start of the season. Yeah, but since then, he's, like, labored. Last time, he pitched three and a third, 89 pitches. Uh, He's been wild. You know, two walks and three and a third. He had two walks in the start before that in six innings. Uh, He had four walks before that against Cleveland. I, I wish we had the umpire data. He's one of those guys where I, I got all obsessed over umpire data, but I want to, I want to picture his umpire with Luis Castillo. Um, you know, we, we just haven't seen it. He, I don't know what's wrong with him. Look at the numbers. Like the K rates there, the K rates still over 30% this season. Um, and like you said, this Milwaukee lineup, obviously there are plenty of K's to be had, uh, even from the, the, the power bats, a guy like Kira, you know, 31%. Yelich, I believe is striking out more this year for what it's worth. Like he's kind of, you know, it's small sample, whatever, whatever. But Yelich is striking out 29.9% this season, which is – that's not what he does historically. Uh, and if you look at the, you know, the plate IQ, everything's popping as far as green outside of, like, Garcia and, you know, uh, Urias. Uh, you know, but I, I like Castillo. It's kind of baked into the price. You know, 9.6K on DK. We're getting a dip in comparison to Bieber. We're getting a dip in comparison to Cole. Rightfully so. Okay, I feel better about those guys. You know, if they're all the same price, Castillo's third, correct? Even the matchup, I think. Uh, it's so close to me. Um, like, really going to come down to where I'm at salary-wise. Like, I know Castillo can put up 30 just like Beaver and Cole, and the matchup is so much better for Castillo than it is for Cole and Beaver. But, like... My initial, like, reaction when I opened up the slate and I started looking at it was Castillo-Giolito on the same team, just facing those bad offenses and just kind of um, building around that. Um, but, like, Paddock is so cheap against Seattle um, mm-hmm. that, like, you might be able to play, like, Beaver or Cole with Paddock and have enough to build. But I think they're all – like, there's four really, really good options on this slate at the top. Um it's a great so, slate from a pitching perspective. Yeah. I don't love any hitters yet, necessarily. We talk about the Cubs and Fandle specifically because of the prices, but, you know, we'll talk about the Dodgers soon enough, too, and if you have salary to make it work against uh, uh, Johnny Cueto and all his gyrations. I mean, I love watching him pitch. He's fun, but just his movements and all that, but it's he doesn't. It's smoke and mirrors, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's barely that these days. Uh, Brandon Woodruff on the other side – you know, I, Woodruff is a good pitcher. Like he is, he's proved that like he's a good pitcher. Um, he's eight point two k. He has struggled his last couple starts out. Um, he did not pitch well against this team earlier this season either. Um, like, I'm probably gonna pass on Woodruff here. Um, I like Paddock below him. I like Castillo and Giolito above him. Like, I probably won't stack the Reds, but I probably won't play Woodruff here either. He's another guy that just tends to not be very efficient and he doesn't go very long. And 
you know, he's not a guy that's going to throw 100 pitches. They, they usually let him go in the mid-80s, the 90s or something like that or so. Uh, you know, we, we talked about uh, Lance, Lance Lynn is a, a, a dying breed. Going into, uh, going into Monday night, he had 29 starts consecutively of 100 more pitches thrown. He might have actually not did that tonight. I think they might have pulled him in like 99 or something like that. We'll say. I'm curious now. I'm going to go back and check that. These things are important, Stevie. That streak has to continue. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the problem with Woodruff is he's on the wrong slate. Like, uh, maybe – I don't know who's pitching tomorrow. A lot of good pitchers going to my, tonight. Probably not the same collective as far as talent. Like, if he was on tomorrow night's slate, I'd be much more interested. For sure you can do it. But uh, I, I do agree, Paddock is a better play and he's cheaper. Uh, but, yeah, he's a guy that can also strike out eight or nine. I feel like he's like a third time around issue guy, which is something I want to dig into. This is a first look, obviously, and they tend to like keep an eye on him the third time around as far as the lineup. But well, that um, bullpen is so good too that like if the yeah if, if he gets into any kind of trouble the third time through, like it's crazy. Like I was looking there, I was watching a game the other night, and they were like they had a graph up on and they were showing like just how few times that they like pitchers go third three times around right now. It's crazy. So. Um, the game has definitely changed. It has. It's changed a lot. Um, but, yeah. Um, is there any bats in this game? Like, overall, like, this is one of those games where I feel – I respect both these pitchers. Vegas respects both Same. of these pitchers. Like, I, I don't ever think I, you could talk me off of, like, a Castellanos or Moustakis, like, one off. I think Yelich is always in play. But, like, overall, this is a game that I probably will stay away from. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the righties I have no interest in against Woodruff. Uh, the lefties, you know, the, the, he is more vulnerable. He stretched back the last two years. It's still really good, but the ISO against righties is awesome. Uh, it's still good, but not as awesome, like, like 153 ISO, which is good. Uh, the K is still at 27.8%. Like you said, potential one-off if you need it, if you want to be different or whatever. Nice ballpark, especially for lefty power. Um, if Mr. Steele, your girl, the flirter, Jesse Winker, if he's, like, super cheap, but, again, we talk about two teams that pinch hit a lot. This is one of those teams, Cincinnati. I don't like to mess with them, lefty-righty stuff, because they do goofy things all the time. Um, yeah, I just – it's it's not it's not exciting. It's not – Moose, you know, revenge game for Moose, whatever, sure. But uh, I, I, I'm more interested in the, in the pitchers in this game as opposed to the hitters. All right, moving on, we got Pittsburgh at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Steven Brault, Lucas Giolito. Uh, Giolito, a big um, favorite in this game. Any interest here in Brault? Like, he got stretched <laughs> out finally. Like, he he, he went, um, what, 80 pitches? So, like, this is not going to be, like, an opener situation anymore. Um, I think that's something that we need to note. Okay, noted. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, 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 oh, I, know, I don't I have any interest in him. Yeah, I'm yeah, just I, saying, I like – yeah. yeah, like he he surprisingly came out of nowhere and like went 80 pitches against Cleveland last time out. Yeah, um, and that's interesting for sure. Uh, but I mean, I assume this the uh, Chicago side, the White Sox, uh, Jose Abreu is alive, l- l- lots of power on this White Sox side, and uh, that's what I'm interested in much more than Brawl. I imagine you are just the same. Oh, is it the Chicago the day? Just the Cubs? It's the Cubs and the White Sox. Is that what we're looking at? Love the White Sox. Um, Love Lucas Giolito. Like, I have been talking about this uh, for weeks upon weeks upon weeks now. Like, the Pirates are bad. They are real. Their offense is bad. Um, Terrible. They're they're last in WRC+. They're last in WOBA. uh, They're last in ISO against right-handed pitching. Like, this offense is 
And, and like Colin Moran left the game the other day, like, and like, uh, I think he's in concussion protocol. So like, that is one of the lefties that I actually semi worry about in this lineup. But like, even Josh Bell, when you look at his numbers this season, one eleven ISO, two forty eight Woba, thirty one percent K rate. Like, this whole well, like. Dean, we talk about it all the time. Like, he doesn't have a lot of protection. Like, Polanco is not terrible, but, like, the protection's not there. Like, Brian Reynolds is hitting in front of him and Polanco's hitting behind him. Like, you can pitch around Josh Bell as much as you want right now and make him chase to do anything. So, I love Lucas Giolito here. Like, who love beats it. you in this lineup? So, I pulled up the plate IQ, and this is, like, small sample size this season, obviously, but – it's all red, man. And red is bad. Red's being you're not doing well. The only good <laughs> green spot is if you guys don't use play IQ, you should. It's my favorite thing here at RG. Uh, Polanco at 310 as far as his ISO. Good. whoop de doo and 49 at-bats. And, again, these are all small sample size. But collectively, 127 ISO, 244 Woba, and cherry on top. Well, this is more than this. Is, this is like the ice cream, isn't it? Because K's are king. They strike out at 26.4% collectively. They can't hit. And they're striking out a ton, and Giolito's a stud. So, I mean, can I just roster, like, five pitchers? Is that Will DK allow that today? Well, that's why, like I was saying, like, you you can make an argument for coming down from Bieber and Cole. Like, you, you really can. Like, Castillo and Giolito are in such great spots. You can make an argument uh, because we do live in a world of a salary cap. And then, like, do. over on FanDuel, it's a little bit harder to make the argument, right? Cole is 11K, Giolito's 10-4. Um, I still like Lucas Giolito. I'm hoping that, like, we see really low ownership on him because Castillo is 91. I think he's going to be very popular over on FanDuel. So, um, love the spot. It's a great spot. Um, he should dominate here. Um, I have no interest in the Pirates bat. Zero interest. Zero. Um, not even the old-fashioned, like, morning grind hedge stack. Zero interest in this spot. It's one of those weird nights where, like, I might build a lineup and, like, I'll, I'll save my pitcher for the end on FanDuel. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, build your stacks and it's like, okay, wh- who do I have left? Like, and now, obviously, if it's Steven Brault, like, that's the, you start over again. That's the only pitcher you have left that's available for salary funds. But, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. Making, it's going to be fun making lineups over there. It might be more of a tournament night than a cash game night because, you know, th- there's so many uh, options you can pick as far as the pitchers. I, I assume we're picking on Brault. Yes, we are. Like, have you like looked at Tim Anderson's numbers against lefties this season? Like, they're they're gonna go, they're gonna regress big time. Um, but <laughs> just insane his numbers against lefties. Like, it's something Whoa. like an 80 percent hard contact rate um, in twenty five plate appearances or something like that. So, um, it, He's got it's nine seventeen ISO, nine seventeen ISO. It's nutty. <laughs> It's 26 um, plate appearances, but that is insane. Yeah, I know you. I know you don't love hot streaks, Dean, but uh, do we believe in the Jose Abreu hot streak yet? I believe. Well, the wind was blowing out. I was watching that game too, and uh, yeah, he got he got uh, helps from a couple homers for sure. But look, I believe in matchups. <laughs> this matchup <laughs> is really really good. Uh, Abreu against Brault. You know, Brault is uh, not a good pitcher. Obviously, um, we we shoot him away pretty quickly for good reason. Uh, not, not a big K guy, even worse against righties, 18% K percent. Walks 12% of guys. This is the last two seasons stretched out. The Woba is 340, which is too high. Um, yeah, pretty good on fly balls. I'll give him that, 31.8%. Sure, there you get a little shout-out for Brawl. But, yeah, I, I like that whole side of Anderson, Mankata, Abreu, the kid Robert. 
Um, you know, Menez didn't mean to skip anybody. I, I, I'm told Play legend ball. has it. Uh, legend has it that uh, James McCann can uh, Cardi confirm this. He's a lefty master. I've heard that word in the street. I was getting my shoes signed. Um, yeah, it's he's the- four point two k though. Oh. oh, it it's hard I mean, to. I love James McCann, and I play him more than probably everybody in the industry, but it's hard to pay four point. Like the, the problem that you have with the White Sox stack is there's no cheap bat to go with it. I guess Mendek, if he cracks the lineup and you want a cheap bat to go with it. Um, but, like, yeah, overall. It's 2-6 on DK. Yeah, to stack the White Sox on DraftKings is going to be tough. Uh, they're very – they're priced up for the guys that you want. So, you know – even if you go like Castillo Paddock, um, you're still around like 4K per hitter. And that's still going to be really hard to do, um, you know, with, with these guys priced up the way but they you are. Can so. buy, DK gives you, though, they're still giving those like 2.5, 3K guys to make things work. There's, they're popping up still. You know, we talked yeah. about the, the dude on Texas. Yeah, but you're not going to win tournaments with those guys usually, though. That's the only Sometimes. problem. Well, yeah. I, mean, I guess it depends on what the White Sox stack do, like – you know, we've been going here, and we really haven't loved a lot of offenses yet for a 10-game slate, so. No. We're going to love like, this offense, like though, Chicago Dean. Teams? Go ahead. The Royals and the Cardinals. Matt Harvey is on this slate. Um, and yeah. Adam Wainwright's on this slate. Bet the over in this game. Um, well, what year is this game taking place? Yeah, this is uh, 2020. <laughs> we bet the over in this game. Um Listen, Matt Harvey struck some guys out in his uh, season debut, but he also um, allowed a ton of power. Do you have any interest in playing Matt Harvey, Dean? Uh, no. Uh, I was going through it, and I was checking his velocity. I think it was 93.5 was his velocity in, in that game. And, you know, it's a far cry from what he used to be. I think he's used to throw, like, what, 96, 97, 95 pretty comfortably. Last year, he was sputtering out to about where he's at right now. He had some 94s, 93s, kind of going through his game log. But, um, I mean, good for him for, like, trying. Like, I, he, he probably has a lot of money, and he doesn't have to be throwing baseballs and getting made fun of, like, by idiots on podcasts like us. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate the effort. But um, I appreciate him pitching. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that, that, like, it's an instant stack every time he pitches. So I appreciate him going out there and um, throwing baseballs that go over the fence. My issue is the Cardinals stink. Hey, listen, everybody told me the Cardinals stink yesterday and what they put up, 10 runs or something like that? Like, well, I mean, they, uh, they, did, they did plenty. Yeah, sure, I suppose. But I just have a hard time. Goldie, sure. Uh, Carpenter, yeah, I guess. DeYoung, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't get excited about these guys. Oh, man, like, I get excited. Like, Brad Miller, like, I talked about this on the show yesterday. Um, Like, he is crushing the baseball. He's 4.1K. He's crushing the baseball this season. Like, he's just not stopped hitting whatsoever. Um, So, anyway, let's really quickly talk about Adam Wainwright. Wainwright, you know, he has transformed in this guy that's just going to pitch to ground balls. Strikeout rate is a little higher um, on the season than I think it will be when the season ends. But this is a guy with a two ERA with a four point three xFIP. Um, there's regression there's regression. It, it's just it, it's always like this with ground ball pitchers. Um, my issue with him is like it's more of like a cutter than a sinker, and like 
I like ground ball guys that throw sinkers um, way more than I like ground ball guys that throw cutters. So I don't hate the matchup for him, but I just I, I don't play Adam Wainwright. Uh, Adam Wainwright this season, 6.3% home run the fly ball rate. That's lucky. Um, 189 BABIP, that's super lucky. Uh, yeah, which speaks to his uh, ERA being two and his Sierra being four or five, five. Uh, the ground balls are there, 52%, 30% fly ball rate, and 40.7% hard hit rate. Uh, my, yeah, Solaire, like, why not? Let's get some Solaire in our life. I, I always love him as a one-off. He feels like, a, for whatever reason, maybe because he plays in Kansas City, just feels like a guy who just gets a little too neglected, you know? Unless unless it was, like, the beginning of the year and Kansas City was, like, everybody was 2K. Remember that? Remember the opening? <laughs> there was 2K on DK. <laughs> that was fun. We were all playing Mikel Franco for, like, a week. <laughs> that happened. Um, but otherwise, I just, you know, Mondesi has been super disappointing. Uh, Whit Merrifield, it just always seems like way too expensive. Sell me on the Kansas City. I don't want to, like, I think you could play Dozier, Solaire, O'Hearn as, like, maybe, like, a three-man. Um, but it's more of, like, I just don't want to play – 8.4 for Wainwright. Like, I'm hoping they score a few runs. He doesn't strike a bunch of people out, and it kind of null and voids itself. But we can just ignore Solaire, the game. 4-3 game. We ignore it. Yeah, like, I, Solaire is always a guy you can play. Like, he's 4.1K. He has multiple home run upside. Dozier's a guy that has a lot of power, too. Like, you can play these guys um, anytime that you want. And, like, they're, they're in that price range where they're kind of price juicy um, for this slate when you're looking at the pitchers. So, I don't hate it. Um, you know, you, and you throw O'Hearn in there and you can do whatever you want with the rest of your lineup because he's just always so cheap. Um, rough year for O'Hearn so far. Um, you know, zero home runs on the season, but – we know historically he has power. It just really hasn't shown yet this year. Um, so, like, that is – that's the only concerning thing. But, Dean, I love the Cardinals here. Like, I I really hope they keep Brad Miller at the top of the order because, um, like I was saying, I, I really like him. A little worried about DeJong. Like, you know, he, he had such a huge – like, such a long break, um, you know, overall with COVID and, like, taking time off and, like, I feel like his timing is going to be something that like is going to take him a little while, but you know, we say that and you know, he had three RBIs. He, he looked decent at the plate. Now I watched some of this game. So um, I, I just overall love the Cardinals here. Like, uh, yeah, like this is a great spot for them. Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say you can't play guys against, uh, against Matt Harvey in the year 2020. Uh, I don't know how to, what to do with DeYoung because I don't know how to you know project players coming off COVID. I'm sure different players act in different ways and that affect people in different ways. And it's hard to speculate. Uh, he just came back. So I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, if it's the young and the standard, you know, right out of the box to Paul DeYoung, it's 4.1 K. Sure. Uh, I have interest in that, but I just, that's, as I, maybe it's just a bias. I just find them, I find the Cardinals to be like the most boring team. Just the most vanilla, boring team in baseball. Like, there's just nothing sexy about that team. I know they have the greatest fans in the world. Don't, don't at me. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, it's just one of those things. That I think that overall, um, you're, you're definitely looking at them here. Um, just, you know, it, it's, it's Matt Harvey. So uh, moving on, we got the Mariners and the Padres. Marco Gonzalez, Chris Paddock. Um, 
Any interest here in Marco Gonzalez? This I'll give the same answer I gave before. I think it's the wrong slate for him. Like it's six point six K. So and he's a guy that like if you catch him on the right night, he can go seven innings. Like that's something he can do. Uh, he's one of he's one of their I guess he's their ace by default in Seattle, I think. I feel like he is. He's he's like their horse. He's like their Lance there's like their Lance Lynn. You know, he's a guy that can let go for a hundred pitches or so, the veteran that they're not really concerned about his arm so much. Uh, the problem is he's very average, just sort of like he's one of those guys that I, I generally don't seek out to pick on, and I'm just almost never going to roster unless I'm desperate for a night. And we spoke about it multiple times now. The arms are really good. Now it does open up some salary at 6.6k, so that's that's the most appealing thing about him. If he can kind of eke his way to 15, you know, and all of a sudden you could load up on White Sox or load up on Dodgers, then sure they were talking. But otherwise, again, not seeking him out. But if he's like a Something that kind of makes everything else work, I suppose. I guess you can in a pinch, but that's not something I want to do. Lanson threw 105 pitches, by the way. Um, there you go. You got there. But, yeah, like, Marco Gonzalez is, like, probably the only guy that I would play under Sean Manaya. Um, but I also I also think, like, the Padres could win you a tournament on this slate, too. So, um, I don't know. I, love, I agree I, with that, by the way. There's not a lot of guys, but I agree. No Rich Hill, no Gibson, uh, no Young, no Cueto, no Brault, no Harvey. So I do agree. He's the cheapest guy you can consider rostering yep. on DK. Paddock on the other side, you know, it, it's been very, very hit or miss for him um, to start the year. Like, he's looked great in some starts, and then some starts he's really struggled. Uh, and, and we see that with younger arms sometimes, but like this is a spot that you can close your eyes and just hope that he gets there. Um, they they called up Fraley. They traded Vogelbach um, to the Blue Jays. Um, you know that takes away some strikeouts. We we have no idea what to expect from Fraley um, prospect. But yeah, like I don't know. Um, Overall, Dean, I think that Paddock is cheap enough that like we just gotta we just gotta play him here. You want as many righties as possible in this lineup. They did lose Vogelbach, but they still have uh, Haggerty, a switch hitter, Crawford, the lefty, Seager, the lefty, uh, Fraley is a lefty, and Long's a lefty. So four, we're gonna project four righties versus five lefties. You know, his case over the last two years, twenty nine point eight percent versus righties, which is really good. Twenty two point three percent versus lefties, which is you know, kind of sort of league average uh, and get much more power to lefties as well too, a 208 ISO. Um, but I, the, the price kind of puts you there and the matchup, the Seattle offense is not very scary, obviously. Um, and what lefty power bats are we afraid of? I suppose a guy like Seager can bang one out, but uh, you know, Lewis, the rookie has been really solid, but he's coming at it from the right side. Uh, he's striking out a bunch too, but he's shown plenty of pop as well. But uh, the price at 7.8 K it's really hard. Uh, it, it's, you know, you could have Paddock, I presume. I haven't built the lineup just yet, but I presume Paddock with one of the studs you've already mentioned. And, uh, you know, also get some premium bats as well, too, and kind of the best of both worlds. So that's kind of what I'm looking at in my head right now. This is a first look, but Paddock has my SP2 with one of the big arms. What say you? No, yeah, I already kind of mentioned. Um, I like how that I like how that build looks. Um, as far as the bats for Seattle goes, you can always play Austin Nola. I think he's one of the better hitting catchers in baseball. Uh, but outside of that, like you know, Seager's always a little interesting. He's not a guy that typically strikes out. He makes a lot of hard contact. Um, but overall, I just I don't love Seattle here. Like Seager as a one off, Nola as a one off. If you want to pay up a little bit of catcher, but uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to play these guys. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that same thought. Same thought. If I if like Seager's like, the last man in is a one off, like okay, and Paddock's not in the lineup, whatever. I suppose I can do that. I'm, I suppose I can do worse, but that's not ideally. That's not what I'm uh, not what I'm trying to do. As far as picking on Marco Gonzalez, uh, what are we doing? Are we, are we considering Tatis and Machado? I think you have to, right? Um, you know, you have to consider San Diego at this time. Like, they have so much upside. Um, you know, they're they're expensive. Well, Tatis is expensive. Machado is expensive. The rest of the stack is actually really affordable. Um, like, because if you're stacking San Diego, I know it's a lefty-lefty with Gresham, but, like, you're hoping that you get Gonzalez out there early enough. Um, you know, Ty France is really cheap. Will Myers is really cheap. Um, if you want a cheap catcher, Austin Hedges is like 2.9K. Uh, he's been terrible to start the year, but like just throwing names out there. Um, uh, just, I think they're in play. I think they can win you a tournament. The upside for San Diego, they can win you a tournament. Um, so like whether you want a three or five man them, I think they're in play here. Um, like I said, you put Tatis and Machado in there and you make them five man, you, you, the other three guys are going to be all under 4K. So it's super stackable. Do you believe having a low home run to fly ball rate is a skill? I believe some pitchers just throw to ground balls. And Marco Gonzalez is one of those guys that his fly ball rate um, is way up this season. And if he continues to give up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact like he is right now, we're going to see that number really increase. Um, And we've seen guys for years be able to do it. It's just the ballpark helps him too. Like he pitches in Seattle. Um, so like the ballpark helps him as well, but overall, like most of the time when I'm looking at that kind of stuff, I, I want to see it still be a ground ball pitcher. Like I don't like fly ball pitchers that give up a lot of hard contact. Yeah. I mean, stretch it back to last year, last two seasons, uh, you know, 41% ground ball rate, his fly ball rate at 38.4%, but his home run the fly ball rate, 232 innings as far as the sample size is 9.5%, which is, you know, that's really good. You can argue he's been lucky. Uh, maybe he's getting a lot of pop-ups. Who was the guy? Like Marco Estrada was always the guy. We would talk about his home run the fly ball rate. And like, yep. well, he gets, he gets a lot of pop-ups. So you got you to keep digging, I suppose. But just on the surface, looking at looking at that number, it's like, well, that seems like maybe he's been a little bit lucky. Hey, it's Stevie TPFL telling you there are 100 million reasons why you should listen up. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is celebrating the return of sports by giving up to $100 million in prizes to all of their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do is dra- download the app, sign up using promo code GRIND, and then enter DraftKings' free football survivor pool. Yes, it's really that easy to claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win a $1 million cash prize. While the top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings' free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus of at least $5 in value upon entering. I got three bucks. So while you're in the app, well, don't forget least, to – That's not at least five. Yeah, was it? Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was five. Um, <laughs> while you're in the app, don't forget to check out all the great daily fantasy. I think I got tickets too. Um, contest DraftKings is hosting for this week's basketball and golf action. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code GRIND to claim your share of one hundred million dollars in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the one million dollar top cash prize. 
That's promo code GRIND to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Rockies and Diamondbacks, Herman Marquez against Alex Young. Um, Man, Arizona really let us down um, on Monday. Herman Marquez is a guy that when he's outside of cores, he flashes some big upside. Overall this season, like, we really haven't had that, like, huge Herman Marquez game outside of when he faced um, the Giants. Like, this is a spot that he is – he's kind of interesting. Like, I, I think a lot of people will go Paddock, and he's really interesting for tournaments. Yeah, or if you really want to open things up, you you have a double barrel as far as the mid-tier guys. You have Aaron Marquez and, you know, pair him with Paddock or something like that. Then you can have some fun as well too, but – yeah, I, I'm kind of an Anon uh, truther to some extent. Uh, you prefer him on the road, obviously. Uh, stretch it back the last two years, 24% K rate, really solid when it comes to walks as well, too, is 5%. This Arizona lineup, it's funny. They got, they went from chalky to, like, I think they're going to be mostly ne- neglected. You know, just it's interesting how things change from slate to slate, obviously. And the Arizona lineup has not been good this year. Basically, outside of Calhoun, uh, Cattell Marte's lost his power. I'm not ready to – I mean, small sample sizes. I'm not ready to say it's like it's gone, but he's not been in there for power at all. Both Martes have been kind of subdued this year. Uh, Disappointing. Um, I like Marquez. Pretty fair price. Um, Maybe if you look at ownership and you want to make the same lineup, make the same exact lineup with with one with Paddock and one with Marquez. Like I do that sometimes or just – you know, if if you're somebody that makes multiple lineups, just kind of swap one in, swap one out. and It's certainly plausible that Marquez can outscore Paddock by 15 points. Like these things do happen. Uh, and then that could be a huge separator in tournaments. Uh, and like you talk about how it's going to be your lineups are chalky. That's one way to become unchalky. Just move one player or just yep. one hitter. Uh, and that's just something you can do. Uh, and then you'll have like a one V one. And you know, if it, most, a, a large percentage of what you're going against to, uh, you're probably going to lose. I suppose Paddock is probably going to be favored from, from the projections. I would imagine probably not by much, but uh, yeah, just a thought there just throwing out there for tournaments. I, uh, I'm not in on Arizona. I'm out in Arizona. I like Marquez. I haven't went to the prices yet. Unless somebody's crazy cheap, uh, I'm out. What say you? Yeah, I, uh, no interest for me. Um, yeah, no interest. And then, like, Alex Young. I know, like, he's had some upside, um, you know, strikeout-wise to start yeah. the season. But, like, he still gives up so much um while striking guys out like we saw like he started the season more of like a bullpen one inning type of guy and like they've stretched him out a little bit um and like when you look on paper his strikeout stuff is super interesting um but yeah like overall i i I don't have interest here like i i like picking on colorado when they're outside of cores but like we know the roof's going to be open in arizona and just overall um i don't have any interest in him yeah, he's another guy, like you said, that he finally let him go as far as pitches. He threw 86 last time out, and that was in four innings. He gave a couple homers, um, you know, and lefties. You know, obviously, the two guys that jump out on the Colorado side are Story and Arenado. Uh, for what it's worth, Blackman was a late scratch for Colorado tonight on Monday night. I don't know the reason for it. Just kind of keep an eye on it. That, that'll that make the lineup a little bit weaker. Maybe they give him another day. Who really knows? Uh, you know, it's I'm not terribly enthused with Young. I guess he's one of those cheapies that, like, I suppose that Colorado lineups without Blackman and there's a bunch, you know, Matt Kemp once upon a time used to be able to hit lefties, but I'm not a Matt, Matt Kemp truth truther in 2020. Like that's just not happening. 
on my end. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to get excited. I, I suppose we talk, we can talk about story uh, and Arado as you know. When Colorado's outside of cores, then just nobody plays them. Like that's just <laughs> oh, they're not in cores. You can't play them. They don't even look and see if they're facing a lefty. They just cross them off the list. So uh, story hit a bomb on Monday night. They're like I got, I think it's still going. It was ridiculous to lead off the game. But um, yeah, uh, for tournaments, I like story story and Arado. That's kind of the, the cheap way out. I don't know if they make a cash game build. Probably not. They're probably too expensive to justify it. But uh, yeah, they got to be in your, your tournament pool. Otherwise. There's not much else to get excited about. I got $10 in tickets, by the way, when I did the – I had to go back and look and see what it gave me. It was $10 in tickets, so – I got at um, least five. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so – uh, like, like Story, Arenado, or $10 in, like, DK dollar, whatever it is. Um, Story, Arenado are, are fantastic plays. Um, I know Arenado really hasn't had, like, that – Big game against lefties. I'm not looking at like a 29 plate appearance sample size for him. I'm looking at three or four years of sample for him. He crushes lefties. So, like, my issue here is if Blackman's out, like, we'll have to see what this lineup looks like. Cause, like, if they go like maybe Hampson, Story, Arenado, then like you, you can make an argument for, you know, making like a little three man stack here. Um, sure. But, like, if they throw some random you know, lefty in there, like it's harder, you know, Tapia. to get that. Yeah. Like it's just harder to get that overall. So the good thing is like Hampson's 4k and like, nobody's going to play him at that price. Story's 52 or 49. Like they're going to be lower owned here just because of the pricing. Um, so I was trying to pull it up on the fly. Like I played story on a couple teams. Um, I was I couldn't remember what his ownership was um on a seven game slate, but I can't find it. So anyway, um yeah, do you have any interest in Arizona? Like you kinda you kinda no. mentioned it. Yeah. You? No, I don't. Like Cole Calhoun as a one off would be the only guy. Like he he is super like he he is having like a really underrated season. Like his backup yeah. is two twenty. Um like he has some positive regression coming. Like we all love the Cole Calhoun ha- home run on Monday. We all played him. Um, <laughs> it was nice, but yeah, like he'd be the only guy. Like he's three point eight k. Like I-, I think he's definitely in play. I do agree. It's a good price, and like uh, Peralta's a pretty good price there at three five as well in DK. And if the ch- price is not changed on Fanduel, uh, Calhoun was like two nine on Monday. So if that's still the same, that's that's pretty reasonable as well too. You know, if you're just looking somebody for somebody uh, that has some upside, that's fairly cheap. But um, nothing about the matchup says, like, I have to pick on, you know, Marquez. And by the way, I, we're going to talk about the, the hammer that is uh, the Dodgers and San Francisco in a second. And I want to – I was taking shots at Johnny Cueto during the podcast, and I guess I must have missed one. He's been good. Like, I missed, missed his last – missed his start against the Angels. I must have forgot that happened. Uh, he's been all serviceable to good of late. And he's not, not one negative score all season. Shout out Johnny Cueto. Yeah, like, I don't know. Um I'm not rocking we'll for the record. We'll see. <laughs> <That's> not... <laughs> Let's talk about it. Dodgers, Giants, Julio Urias against Johnny Cueto. Urias, like, um, like I didn't see anything injury-wise or anything like that, but, like, his last time out, like, one and two-thirds, he threw 52 pitches. Um, uh-huh. He had a labor inning. Yeah, like, he he only had one walk. Um, it, was, it was just rough. Um, and, like, he, it's not like – 
if you look at like what he did in one and two thirds, he put up eight and a half or eight eight point <laughs> eight, and like all right, like if he would have got a few more innings, maybe he would have had a good game. Overall, like I like the Giants against left-handed pitching this season. I think they're very underrated. And Dean, like this would be the third time Urias is going to be facing this offense in such a short season. Like I'm gonna pass on Julio Urias here. Yeah, I mean, we talk, you know, they handle people with kid gloves, child gloves for Rios because they, I mean, the Dodgers are thinking, you know, long-term or thinking World Series. Uh, there's no reason to push this guy. He's, you know, young, big arm. Who, by the way, has been more disappointing than not. You know, he's, he came in with a lot of fanfare, justifiably so. And, like, the Ks haven't really been there. He's not pitching many innings. The price at 9.5 is egregious. The cost per pitch for Rios at 9.5K, I just cannot talk to that. Uh, no chance. Uh, as far as rostering San Francisco guys, I'll leave that to you. Uh, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to pull up Cueto. I want to see what he's doing this year as far as if this is fluky or if he's been good. And I'm pulling it up and I'm stalling. And I'm trying to buy my pages. Let's see. 31 innings so far this year. 348 as far as the walks per nine. 21% Ks. Uh, okay, so lucky as far as Babbitt, but 238. His ERA is 435. His Sierra is 48. Uh, 42% ground balls, 41% fly balls, 33% hard hit, hard hit rate. Is there anything we're seeing in Cueto? 8.3% is probably a homer, homer to fly balls. So that's lucky there as well, too. He's he's getting really lucky. Like, his fly ball rate is high. He's still giving up a lot of hard contact. Um, like, the only thing, like, his changeup has been better. Like, not, like, generating a ton of, like, power and stuff. So, like, that's a little bit to what it is. Um I noticed that in his last uh, start when I was, like, breaking it down. I'm like – because, like, I was going to stack the Angels and, like, it kept me off of him a little bit. Like, I, I think I still rolled an Angels stack out there. But, like, it's the same ar- argument, right? This will be the third time Johnny Cueto's faced the Dodgers. Like, they're, they've seen him a ton this season, and they're one of the best offenses in baseball. There's re- regression coming to Johnny Cueto's numbers. Um, like you mentioned, his Sierra, his XFIP is almost a point higher than his ERA. The BABIP is really low. I, I Johnny Cueto is crafty, but he's not crafty enough to beat the Dodgers here. And, like, San Francisco is playing as a much better hitter's ballpark with the gates, like, closed off this year. So, I love the Dodgers here. Hate Cueto. Yeah. I mean, he's gotten the better of him uh, for the most part this year. He hasn't really shut him down, but he hasn't been shellacked either. I figure that he Third probably seems charm, Dean. <laughs> for for you, I figure I would pull up the uh, the BVP stuff. I want to see if there's anything kind of popping because you know, like you said, they face each other a good bit. Um, anything interesting there? The Leprechaun, Justin Turner, twelve for thirty-five, a couple homers. He'll uh, be back too. Um, he was dealing with a um, hamstring injury, and they said he'll be back today. Mm, I like Seager. You know, Seager and. And Bellinger, Bellinger hasn't hit him well, but I don't care. Um, but well, like yeah, go ahead. Like really quick, like just look at like Betts, Seager, Turner, Bellinger. They're all under fifteen percent strikeout rate. They all have power. Like I know Bellinger, uh, I'm so on the fence with him on what to do with him. But like four home runs in the last five games, he's starting to finally hit the baseball like Cody Bellinger, like. Yeah, like he's fifty seven hundred, and you got to pay for him. But like, okay, whatever. Max Muncy's five point four k. They're they're somewhat cheap. Like Max Muncy's three point four k on Fanduel. Um, super cheap over there. Justin Turner's three k. Like 
FanDuel is just like not watching baseball this season. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love the Dodgers on FanDuel. Those are the prices. Uh, yeah, by the way, just, uh, the, the fun part of the Cueto thing here, uh, the Giants historically, once upon a time, you know, were known for having good bullpens. Disastrous bullpen so far this year. No team has given up more home runs out, out of the bullpen. They've given up 25 homers so far. They're the worst team in baseball in the bullpen when it comes to Sierra as well. Their Sierra is, let me go ahead and pull this up. Yeah, 5.006, worse than the Marlins. When you're worse than the Marlins in anything, uh, Sierra, attendance, whatever it may be, uh, payroll, uh, this, is, this is bad. Uh, yeah, the giant, that's the hidden gem is you get, you get those, uh, you know, the, the late inning homers against a terrible, terrible Giants bullpen. Uh, do you have any interest in the Giants? I know you kind of said that you didn't. Um... I passed it off to you. My, my, my initial thought is not really because the Giants have a really good bullpen. And I don't know how, the how, Dodgers, how long. You mean? Yeah, the Dodgers. My apologies. Yeah. Um, so Urias is a good young arm that's kind of up and down and whatever, whatever. But any sign that they're going to hook him and, you know, somebody pretty good is probably going to come in. It's a pretty good pen. One of the best. In yeah, like. I won't pay um, for Solano. Like, I think he's just – he's way overpriced for a guy that is going to be more of an on-base guy. He's not going to really win you a tournament most nights. But, like, Wilmer Flores, he oh, crushes yeah. lefties. Like, Yaz, Yaz – like, he, he's just a guy that keeps crushing, and nobody's going to play him on this slate. And Urias has been terrible. Like, 60% fly ball rate, 70% hard hit rate against lefties this season. This dude has a 457 ISO and 42 plate appearances against lefties this season. Like, he's hitting everything. So, you can throw him in there. You can throw Flores. You can throw Longoria. Um, I'm guessing Bart is still pretty cheap. Like, he's 3.7K. It stinks because, like, the fifth per- person that I always like in my stack is um, Slater, and he's on the IL. He got hurt the other night. Um, oh, so tilting because, like, if that was multiple nights for back-to-back, and nobody cares. <laughs> nobody likes hearing tilt stories, but, like, you know, very first inning running the bases, he pulled his groin. Um, yeah. they, they needed a pinch, a pinch runner. And, uh, like, he was, like, my highest-owned player that night. A.C. Slater, it was unfortunate. But, um, yeah. And they have uh, Flores projected as the leadoff hitter, according to R.G., at least. That may change. But, you know, he was, he was hitting leadoff, Slater, that is. So, obviously, they need somebody to hit at the top. And it'll probably be – well, probably won't be Yaz. Like, maybe but, Solano. like, you mentioned, like, the cheap guys. Darren Ruff is 2.1K. Um on DK, on De- on DraftKings, like That's he's an outfield deal. eligible two point one K. Darren Ruff, he he was he was really bad, um, but like he went to the KBO and he was crushing. Um, so like I have a little interest in Ruff at two point one K, just overall, not just like as a giant stack, but um, like he's still a guy with some power, and we don't get a lot of guys under like two point five K that have power. So um, Darren Ruff is really interesting, but. You know, like the pinch hit, pinch hit risk is very high with him because, like, Duggar will be on the bench. So there's, mm-hmm. there'll be a couple lefties on the bench. So, like, the pinch hit risk is really, really high. Uh, a lot of the good arms in the bullpen for the Dodgers are righties, too. So I think Ferguson, um, there's one more, like McGee, right? Like, they have two really strong lefty bullpen guys, but most of them are righties. I, I cannot confirm or deny. I, I watch bull, way too many stuff. Dodgers games, Steve. Yeah. Way too many Dodgers games. <laughs> you, you mentioned the KBO, and we talked about the White Sox power, and I got nostalgic because – not nostalgic, but, you know, former White Sox, uh, you know, power hitter David Polka is in the KBO right now. So, shout out to him. There you go. You, you remember him? back in the, He used to play alongside yeah. Matt Davidson, one of those terrible yep. White Sox teams. They were all or nothing. <laughs> 
Oh man, Matt Davidson. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I I still like I ended up making money on Monday, but oh man, there's it could have been so much not. more. Um it, it it wasn't looking good and like um my Houston stack kind of brought me back. So All right, let's play the morning grind game and then we're going to get out of here. Um pull up DraftKings Dean. We're going to use DK pricing uh for this one. Again, if you guys haven't checked out DraftKings for some odd reason, make sure you use promo code GRIND when you download the app over there. Um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts, Dean, who do you got? I mean, come on. I, I mean, <laughs> you know who I'm going to say here, right? This is, like, too easy. It's got to be yeah. Paddock. Yeah. Like, there is – it was clear-cut top option there. Like, I'm going to say Sean Manaya. I still don't love him today, but, like, he's the next best option um, to get – Six or more strikeouts if he throws enough pitches. Uh, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bus pitcher on the slate? Ooh, I like that question. Um, oh, man. It's, it's got to be like Wainwright or Turnbull. Uh, it's Wainwright or Turnbull, possibly Chatwood. All three of those guys. How about that? Well, you can't. You got to pick one. <laughs> I can't multi-enter? This is no, the- <laughs> you got to pick one. Who do you got? I'm going to say Turnbull. All right. I'm going to go with um, Anderson. Is there a score for this? Yeah, there is. So you're writing something down. (laughs) Yes. Look, I got my pen. I got my notebook. I saw that. Um, Over 4K to hit a home run. We don't have cores, so it can be anybody you want over 4K to hit a home run. Ooh. um, Oh, man. Who's going to homer today? I should should have prepared for this. Over 4K. uh, Let's see. Uh, I'm going to say Max Muncy. All right. I like that one. Listen, I said this guy was going to homer yesterday. I'm going back to the well on Brad Miller. Um, he's going to hit home run today. Like, he he still had a really good day. So, like, I'm not mad that he didn't homer. But um, home run really points. wanted to homer from – what's that? He got home run points? He did. I think he ended up with, like, 13 or 14 points. So, like, it was it was still a really good, um, really good day for him. Yeah, so um, under 4K to get two hits. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Ooh. Ah, Miller man. got 15 points, so like I'm not mad about that. Oh, I was not prepared for this. Unbelievable. Oh, I'm a terrible guest. I apologize. Can you go first? Sure, Matt Carpenter. Like oh, I, I'm making it very clear who I like here. You can't buy some time. From, I was trying to buy some time. I like I have a list of guys that I like as we were going, um, but I, I do do oh. this every day. So I don't write stuff down. It's all it's all kind of in the dome and. I've been exposed. I only write down like the game stuff and the stacks that I like as we're going through or the stacks that I like want to dig into. I, I will say Joseph Bart. I'll go I like that one. I thought like E5 is a good one too. Um, he is 3.8K on DraftKings. Cole Calhoun is still really underpriced over there. So just a couple names for you. Uh, stack to score six or more runs, Dean. Who do you got? Yeah, we like the White Sox. All right. I'm going to finish out, like, I feel like my whole game today has been the Cardinals. Okay, no, so can I guess? St. Louis. So, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Today. What's that? Matt Carpenter. I'm changing my answer to Matt Carpenter. Isn't he under That's who I picked. Oh. <laughs> I've been terrible. Like, buy me more time. You weren't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard it subliminally, apparently. But, uh, 
Yeah, well, there you go. I, Bart is just because I'm like, he's probably going to be my catcher. At least ideally, I want to be my catcher, despite the fact well, that – Well, I think Carantini is going to be your catcher, but I won't argue Oof. with you. Um, is he super cheap, Carantini? He's 2.6K, so – yeah. <laughs> like going up against Turnbull, I'm guessing that's probably where we're going to end up at catcher. But are they running uh, you out know, two catchers again? The Cubs have been doing that of late. But they uh, have well, they just they have so many injuries right now. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts, Dean? No. Well, hey, uh, all all my opinions are going to change. I'll be on Grinders Live. Actually, Grinders Live is going to be a different time because there's a basketball uh, crunch time. Uh, Grinders Live on Tuesday will be five to six, and I think the crunch time. I'm going to guess it's like a baseball basketball crunch time. I imagine that's what's going on because they kind of cross over. They both start around uh, whatever. Check your local listings, but I'm pretty sure that uh, tomorrow is the uh, is a 5 o'clock Eastern uh, as opposed to 530 uh, Browners Live with myself and I think Boggs Light for the first time this year. Yep, it'll be Dean and Boggs, um, 5 o'clock. So there you go. Um, like – I was I was scheduled for the rest of the week, but like I got the rest of the week off um, out of nowhere. So like I'm oh. I'm not I'm not complaining about that. Um, so yeah, but um, enjoy enjoy the you know your midday off. You got NASCAR yeah, like, to attend to, I suppose. I got I got put on like a um, best best ball show. So like I'll be doing that later this week instead of Grinders Live. So who's your favorite um, pick in best ball? Um, Joe Mixon is the guy that I I, I land on a lot so far. Like. Um, yeah, he's, he's kind of the guy that I'm landing on like way more than I probably am comfortable with, but whatever, he's my guy now. So it is what it is. So I'll just say I this, uh, I, I've been doing best ball shows. Uh, I've been doing it with the uh, beer makers fan and Chris Jamino. If you guys don't know Jamino, if you like anything here at RG, he has his hand in it in some way. One of the masters behind the scenes and they're like the, uh, XFL guru once upon a time, maybe again, when the season, you know, when they come back on their, under the guidance of the rock, um, you know, ownership projections, things of that sort. We've uh, been doing videos. You can find them on the Rotor Grinders feed on YouTube where basically four teams or five teams you would focus on for an hour. And, uh, yeah, if you guys want to – you guys are doing best ball, I, I suggest you guys check them out because those are two uh, really smart football minds. Go ahead. I cut yeah, you the, off. I the apologize. show I'm doing later this week is with beer, so I'm excited to do that. It'll be fun. He's locked in. It's just a heads up. He's going to take you down. No, not going to happen. So, I'm not worried. <laughs> no, no worries. So – well, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with uh, Will talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contests, and we'll see you then. Sorry I wasn't Will. Holler. <laughs>